Uh, we're going to go, as Pastor Tyler was saying, we're in a new collection of talks. It's joy no matter what. Hey. No matter what we're facing, no matter what's our struggle, we will choose to have joy in our life. Um, but before we get into the book of Philippians, we're going to backtrack a little bit, take a little back step um, to Acts chapter 16. Okay. Um, and we're going to be studying a little bit of what's going on. You see, before who, who is, I want to get to know who is Paul writing to and his heart and he's writing to these three key people that we're going to talk about today. We're going to be talking about, the first friend we're talking about is Lydia. Now, a little background is person Lydia. She's an awesome woman, but she's like a fashionista, all right? She, she's a seller of purple that the scripture says, meaning that she sold clothes and, and she was a CEO woman. She was the top. She, she, wherever she went, people listened. She had an influence around where she was. And the second person we're talking about was a slave girl. You see, this girl had no choice in life. She was wrapped around in chains because she was a slave and people exploited her and took advantage of her, everything that she had. I'm talking about slave girl. And the third person we're talking about is this ex-GI, blue collar, straight up forward jailer. And we're going to be talking about him. And I love this guy because, see, see, he has a little bit of a cold heart. You know one of those brute guys, like, don't take no for an answer, like straight up? I mean, he's a jailer. He's seen... Quite, quite a few things. I was talking to Johnny Marino and he told me how he was a cop in downtown and kicking doors open and blah, blah, blah. You know, you, you got to have a, a toughness inside of you. Um, so we're talking about these three guys. We're going to open up into Acts chapter 16. But if you're new here today and you're figuring out how to, this Bible works, if you just go into the, there, right here, there's a, a table of contents. And if you just uh, go to the New Testament, you, you count five books down, one, two, three, four, five. You see the book of, of Acts there. It's right between of John and Romans. And you just look for um, the big 16 and the little uh, 13. And hey, th there we are. So the scripture's ready up there. All right. So Paul and Silas and Luke are going into the Philippi. They just got off the boat. They landed at shore and they're walking around. They're walking around and they're going to a riverside where, where people normally accustomed would go to pray. So they're going there on a Sabbath, which was normally a day you kind of kicked back, relaxed, and did nothing. But here they are actually going to church and getting to know about God. So Paul, Silas, and Luke are all coming together. And here we are on verse 13. Uh, let me find myself. All right. Now on the Sabbath, um, on the Sabbath day, they went out to the city, uh, to the same city. On the Sabbath, sorry. On the Sabbath, we went out of the city of other riverside where prayer was customly made. We sat down and spoke to a woman who met us there. Now a certain woman named Lydia, say Lydia, Lydia. heard us. She was a seller of purple from the city of Tyratara who worshiped God. Now it's important to know that it's big G, not little G with the S. Um, the Lord opened her heart to heed the things that's uh, the heated things spoken by Paul. And when she and her household were baptized, she begged us saying, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. So she persuaded us. Now we're talking about a second person. Now it happened as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with the spirit of divination met us who brought her masters much profit by foretelling. See, this girl followed Paul and us and cried out saying, these men are the servants of the most high God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. And this she did for many days. My favorite parts, I wish we could actually do this to certain people. But Paul, greatly annoyed, 
greatly annoyed, turned to her and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus to come out of her. And it came out of her that very hour. Now going to the verse, jumping down to verse, verse 25, talking about, but at midnight, oh, let me explain a little bit. See, what happened is that because Paul, because Paul, she was set free from the chains and the spirit that was in, inside of her, she was possessed. Since people were making money off of her, her master was like, well, there goes our money flying away. Like, what are we going to do now? Oh, man, who, who did that? Oh, it was those, those three God-fearing people. Oh, I hate those Christians. Urgh. So they got them, and they brought them, and they brought them to the city council. And it's like, here are these guys, and they are teaching stuff that we don't agree with as Romans. We don't agree with these certain teachings. And so what they do, they get Paul, Silas, and Luke, and throw them in jail without a trial, without even hearing their story. Talk about being messed up. Like, you were thrown in jail without even getting to hear your story or hear your side. You see, if they really even stopped to listen and take a moment, they would have known that actually Paul was a Roman citizen and he knew actually by law what was going on. So here we are in verse chapter 25. Verse 25. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying, singing to, to God. As the prisoners were listening to them, suddenly there was a great earthquake. I don't know if you guys felt earthquake um, <laughs> happen recently. Um, now, nah, I'm going to be real with you. I'm from Miami now. All right. We don't got earthquakes. We got hurricanes. But I know when a hurricane's coming and I could dip, you know, earthquakes. I called Todd. I called Trace. And I was like, bro, man, what's going on, dude? It's an earthquake. I'm freaking out. My bed's starting to shake. And I, I, was, I, was, uh, I was pretty, yeah, I was nervous. Uh, okay. All right. Earthquake. Yeah, we are. Um, so great earthquake so that the foundations of the prisons were shaken and immediately all of the doors were open and every chains were loose. Amen. Amen. And the keeper of the prison, awake from asleep, seeing the prisoner doors open, supposing that the prisoners had, had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. But Paul cried out a loud voice saying, do not harm, do yourself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for the light and ran in and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. He brought them out and said, sir, what must I do to be saved? So they said, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. Amen. Amen. Jesus, let's pray. Close our eyes, bow our head. Jesus, we thank you, God, for your grace. Jesus, we thank you for your mercy. We thank you for that you never left us nor forsake us, God. You're in this place, Jesus, and we ask, Lord, that we open up our hearts, Jesus, to just know more of you, God, and know more of your word and what you have to say. Be in this place. And in Jesus' name we say, Amen. in Jesus' name we say, Amen. come on, make some noise if you love Jesus now. Oh, man. Well, if you're, uh, if you're writing your notes, take your notes. Note takers are? Woo! Y'all pay attention in church. I like it. All right. Um, and the title of my sermon is, Where Are You Sitting? All right. Where are you sitting? You want to take notes. But uh, so I got to tell you guys a little bit. Um, how many of you guys have done your spring cleaning already? Your spring cleaning? Show of hands. Not a lot of you guys. Oh, man. All right. All right. Well, how many of you guys are, um, how can you say, uh, Hoarders, you guys like to hold stuff in, keep it in. 
You know, your rod is filled with stuff. Your attic's filled with stuff. Your kid that moved out room is filled with stuff. It's like everything is in there. It's like mine, 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 mine. Okay, any hoarders in the room? Okay. How about the opposite? Like minimalist. Oh, you see, I don't need it. Throw it away. I've been using it a month. Throw it away. I don't need it. Bye, Felicia. And your kid's like, Mom, like, where's my my toys? I'm like, it was gone. Side note: If you do that, that is so traumatic as a child. Oh my gosh. You know what I'm talking. This is going on a little tangent here. When I was a kid, I loved Max Steel action toys, right? That's my thing. I don't like GI as Max Steel. And my mom, uh, and I had all these action figures, and I saw them slowly, my old ones slowly going away. And I was like, like, what's going on? And, and, uh, and then I kind of like, I got a new ones, so I wasn't really worried about the old ones. And I remember year, uh, years passing by, and um, I go to Brazil, and I'm older now, and I go to Brazil for the first time, and, and uh, by the way, I'm Brazilian, if you guys didn't know that, and I go to Brazil to see my family, and I'm in there, and I'm with my cousin and everything, and I look at like, hey, that was my Max Steel. That was my action figures, and I'm like, wait, how did you guys? My mom's like, <laughs> like, totally chilling, you know, like mind your own business. Um, <laughs> thanks, mom. Uh, <laughs> But, um, but anyway, uh, cleaning out, spring cleaning. My dad loved doing, uh, loves cleaning, and what, what we would do is we would clean the garage. Cleaning the garage was a big thing for us. Now, uh, the garage was the place to be, man. We had a pool table in there. We had a ping pong table, a bench. My first first act drum set was in there. Like, it was a place to be. People kind of came over, and we all played there. But it was just a chaotic mess. Like, I remember there was times that, like, if we wanted to use a pool ball table, we had to get all the piles and boxes out of the pool ball table, put it on the ping pong table, and then play pool. If you want to play ping pong, you got to get all the stuff in and put it back on the pool table. It was just like a chaotic, chaotic mess in there and my dad he loved uh, cleaning out we you know once in a while the garage and throwing stuff away and whatnot but my dad for some reason loved doing it on days that he had off like holidays like Memorial Day, and we're all supposed to be enjoying the beautiful day off that America gives us. We're here stuck cleaning the garage while all my friends are, you know, at the beach, you know, in the inlet on the coast and enjoying their uh, time off from Memorial Day or Labor Day, their 4th of July. I'm stuck here, you know, scrubbing down the floors in my garage because my pops, you know, decided, I have a great idea, let's clean the garage, you know. I don't think he wanted to do it. It's kind of those things that you kind of get your kids to do it with you. You kind of just... You know, teach them character or something? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But, uh, but I remember, as we were cleaning out the garage, I remember going around the neighborhood and seeing people's garage. Man, there was one garage. And it was, man, like, it was actually nice. Like, they actually used the garage for its purpose, like your car, you know? Like, I, I don't get it. Like, we, we stuff our garage all with, like, junk, and we keep the thing that we paid the most money on outside. That doesn't make sense. Like, why? Just like, it's the opposite. Like, junk, trash, car inside. Like, that's not supposed to be. But I remember going around and, and see, I remember Patrick Hamill, his dad was like a builder. And he had his, his Ford F-350 backed in, and he had everything all organized and in its compartments. And I'm like, Wow, this is the garage that I wanted. And then my other friend, like, his dad's garage was all decked out. It was like his man cave, you know? Like, he had the bench. He had some stuff on the wall saying, this is my house, you know? Just, like, all this stuff. And it was so, so cool. And, like, I love that. I mean, I'm like, man, like, dad, like, why can't I? Why is that garage all messy, you know? Like, like and I, I kind of wanted to, like, 
man, like, I kind of wanted to play the part, you know? Like, I kind of wanted to be involved. Like, I, I wanted my garage to be perfect. I wanted my garage to be clean. I wanted my garage whenever the doors are open and on Saturday afternoon, all of my friends are buzzing by, like, hey, guys, check out my garage. Pretty cool garage, eh? <laughs> you know, I just, I just wanted that, you know? My garage seems to be garage. I wanted it to be perfect. I wanted it to be clean. I wanted it to be pristine. You know, this kind of reminds me of a woman in the Bible. You see, we have these chairs lined up here. And that's reminding of a person in the Bible. Her name was Lydia. Right? Her name was Lydia. Now, Lydia was a seller of purple, right? She sold purple, which meaning that she, she sold clothes. Now, I'm not talking about, uh, you know, that Tommy Bahama shirt that we bought at Ross, Dress for Less. No, I'm talking about like the real nice, sleek, pristine looking type of things, you know? And, uh, and so she, uh, she was self purpose, so she sold a lot of things. She sold, she was nice, she was a CEO woman. So think about a strong type leader, right. you know, CEO woman. Like, she didn't take no for an answer. It's even so that the scripture shows us that she persuaded Paul, Sides, and Luke's like, hey, come over to my house. Paul's like, no, 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 I'm straight. You know, we got a nice uh, piece of land that we're just going to knock out on in a rock. It's like, no, no, come in my house. Come stay in my house. And she was so good with her words, AJ, that she was able to play people out and get her to do what she wanted. That's what made her such a successful saleswoman, that she was able to talk and do and do what she needed to do. Yeah. Now, but also in that, I wonder in her journey, is that she ever seek to be, to find perfection? I wonder if she ever felt like she had enough. You see, being a strong, independent woman, which is a good thing, don't get me wrong, um, but being a strong woman, you know, I wonder if in her faith walk, whenever she got healed, whenever everything happened right, you know, I wonder if she ever in her walk with Christ, as she's following the call that God has placed in front of her, as Paul goes to build this church in Philippi, I wonder if she ever felt like, had to be perfect. Wow. You, ever, you ever feel like, oh, like in order to come to church, I got to feel perfect? Right. Like, no, like my garage has to be the clean garage, you know? Like I can't, I can't let God see all the junk in my garage, you know? I got to have the nice clean garage. I, I wonder if she ever felt that way. Wow. I wonder if, if we in this room ever feel like in order to do what God has called us to do, we have to reach a, a point of perfection is that we have to play the part. You see, of, instead of walking the light or the path that God has given us, we're looking around and, and snooping around in all the people's garages like, why does he have it? Oh, I need to have it. Oh, what's going on, God? Like, why does it, I, why, why is my turn? I want it now, God. Like, what's going on? You see, sometimes I feel like that God is with us no matter how we are. You see, we are imperfect beings in need of a perfect savior. You know, and I think sometimes in that journey as we're walking with God, we kind of get those things confused and misplaced. Sorry, I was talking about the garage and I keep getting sidetracked here. All right, back to my garage story. So in my garage, and I remember as we were cleaning the garage and we were going to do our stuff, Oh, man, I remember that there was this box that I was always playing with. And I remember one day I was reaching out, and I had my first Buzz Lightyear. Wow. Oh, man. Oh, Buzz. To infinity and beyond. Like, it was incredible. Like, I loved Buzz. And, and I just remember, like, I'll just be, like, sitting there for just, like, hours, just kind of looking through all, playing with all my toys and, and just going through all my stuff. And, and I'm like... I, I, should probably, I should probably get back now, you know, to, 
to back to what I was doing, but I'm here like looking at Buzz and I'm looking at all my toys and stuff, but I'm, I probably should, should get back to cleaning my garage and my task at hand, but I kind of got carried away with looking at all these stuff or, or nowadays we, we kind of get carried away scrolling through our phone and, and going through the gram and going through Facebook where really we know that we should be taking care of our kids or really we should be doing this or really should be something that's actually edifying us. You know, we probably shouldn't be looking at Instagram in the middle of the night. <laughs> It's probably not a good, thank you, Ronte. It's, it's, not, it's not really a, a good thing, you know? You know, because instead we should be doing something else, but we're focusing our energy on things that are negative and things that are not benefiting us. You know, even though we know what we should be doing, at times we don't do what we're supposed to be doing. Kind of reminds me of this girl, of slave girl. Where's my chains? Oh, here you are. Reminds me of this girl, uh, of, of this little slave girl. You see, she was in chains. And uh, she lives her life in a bondage. You see, I, I feel for her because it wasn't her choice to go to where she was. You see, she was probably sold into slavery by her parents and living her life, letting people exploit her, taking advantage of her. Imagine the, the disbelief. Imagine walking her life, knowing that somebody's going to betray you next and walking around. And how do you live a life when you can't trust people? Man, talk about a tough life. But you see, I think it's even worse is when she sees Paul's and Silas, the scripture says that she screams. She doesn't say quietly. She proclaims that these are the men who proclaim the servants of God, the most high, who proclaim the way, the way of salvation. You see, she knew where she had to go. She knew what she needed, but she couldn't let go because she was in chains. She was in bondage. She couldn't get to her freedom because she was stuck in something in her past. She is stuck in chains. She is stuck living a life, not being able to believe in people, not being able to trust in people because she's in chains. I wonder what are the chains in our life? What are the things in our life that are holding us back to where God wants to take us? Hey, we know he's supposed to do we know that God has given us a calling a purpose he know he has given us a plan it's in Jeremiah God has given us a plan to execute but we are stuck in some chains in certain things in our life and we won't go and break free from these things in our lives what are the chains in our lives what are the things holding us back are we going into life like Pastor Bob still with a closed hand are we living our life with a closed hand or, or are we living our life with an open hand? <laughs> In freedom. In freedom. Man. Oh, where was I again? My garage story. Man, y'all keep getting it. Y'all keep getting me sidetracked my garage story now. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, garage story. There. Woo! All right. Back to my garage story. And um, I remember after, you know, cleaning the garage and certain times, and then I look at the clock and it's like, man, so it's almost late now. It's dinner time already and I got to eat pops. Come on, we hungry in this place, you know? And, uh, and then I'll just look at the piles and wait, 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 we still haven't touched that pile. I'm like, but there's, there's still that. And there's still this piles and oh man, there's a bunch of piles in this place. And then I started to feel overwhelmed because I had to do so many things. I had to work on so many things. The team could worship, could come up now. I had to work on so many things, you know, all these piles. And I started to feel overwhelmed. 
I wonder if, if there's piles in our lives that are overwhelming us. Which takes me to this other man. Takes me to the jailer. See, the jailer was a really cool dude, man. He was, he was awesome. But uh, there was a moment as the ground began to shake and, and, and there was an earthquake coming in. And the prisoners that he thought was all fled. Now, let me tell you that it was his responsibility to guard and protect. It was his responsibility to guard and protect the jailers, meaning that they're not escaping here. This is my house and my territory. Have you ever had something that was on your watch and your responsibility and you simply just dropped the ball? You know that feeling? Man, I screwed up big time. And embarrassment. Sometimes it's even hard for us to go to certain people and even talk about it. Todd says all the time that the only way to kill the power of sin is through transparency, right? By talking to one another. So this jailer is like, no, my life is over. My life is gone. There is no hope for me. The, the prisoners are open. The chains are loose. I can't win against them. The overwhelming feeling like I have messed up. You see, it's by Roman law and by culture that if it was your responsibility and, and the prison guards were set loose or escaped, it was your life on the line. You were done. The same sword you picked up to defend your nation of Rome is the same sword that Jeller was using to take his last breath. All right, so here we are. Here he goes. As he thinks a jailer is offering, he gets the sword, presses it against his neck, already feeling the tension, taking his last breath. He hears, Jailer! Jailer! What's, what was that voice? Jailer! Don't harm yourself! Wait, that voice sounds familiar. Jailer! It's, it's the voice of that man that I've beaten. It's the voice of those God-fearing people worshiping in the middle of night, keeping me up. When they were in chains, when they were in bondage, when they were in prison, they kept worshiping to some God, saying they were going to set them free. They were going to liberate them. They kept worshiping some God. It's the voice of that man. Jailer! Jailer! Don't harm yourself! He turned around like, what do you want? My life is over! We are all here. We haven't gone anywhere. Drop the sword, Jailer. We're all here. We're all here for the first time. The Brew XGI cold-hearted man sees love and compassion, and that what makes his heart melt. Yes. Yes. That's what makes his heart melt. It's the love for the first time he found hope. Yes. He found hope. We're all here, Jailer. You don't got to end your life. He turns to Paul and says, Paul, what must I do to be saved, man? What must I do to be saved? Because obviously you have something that I've never felt before. You have this hope and this light inside of you. There's radiance that just hit me so hard that I can't contain it. I can't control. Paul, what must I do to be saved? If you could throw the scripture up. He turns to him and he says, not that one, but it's okay. Uh, he turns to him and he says, all you have to do is believe the Lord Jesus Christ with all your heart. Just believe and accept in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. 
And, oh, man, I don't know if, uh, where you guys are at today, but I can imagine as their assignment was to build this church in Philippi, in the city of Philippi, which is a very metropolitan area, and they were being persecuted because of their faith. And I wonder in this walk, I'm trying to build the mission, build the church of Philippi, this young church that Paul has given them responsibility to do. They felt this calling of God. I wonder if Lydia, the CIO woman, powerful woman, ever felt like she had to be perfect in this walk with Christ. I wonder if pride ever rise, rose in there in her heart. It's like, no, guys, you guys don't know what you're doing. They're like, we're doing it this way, you know? Or, or, or maybe it's, it's the prison girl. Maybe you, we're, we're seated here today walking a life. How can I trust people? I don't know these guys. God, you really call me to do this? You're, you're really calling me? God, God, I can't. How do I know you're even real? Like you sent this guy named Paul to us, but like he, he's, he's in prison right now. He doesn't even, he's, he's, I don't, he, she, he's elsewhere. He doesn't even care about us, God. Like you're telling me to, to do this and run this race, God? Like, look at me. No, I can't do it. No, no. Or, or maybe it's the jailer. My buddy jailer. Oh, God, I can't do this. I feel overwhelmed. The struggle. Do you know where I came from? No, God, I, how can I, you called me to, to run this race, to build this church, to do what you have called me to do. God, I, I can't do that. I'm not good enough. I'm not qualified enough. You see, because the moment that I feel overwhelmed, I usually back away because I just can't do it. And I can imagine them all sitting at a table or just in their selves feeling discouraged feeling the weight of their shoulders, feeling as if they weren't good enough in that moment and in that season. But here comes a messenger. Here comes a messenger running in. Here comes a messenger running in. And he's like, guys, he's like, guys, I have something for you. I have a good news. You see, Paul was in prison and he's in jail. Well, he's so excited to share something with you. Here's a letter. Here's something that he said. Here's something that he's saying. Here's something he's saying to you, Lydia. Here's something he's saying to you, little girl. Here's something he's saying to you, jailer. Here's something he's saying to you, to you, to you. Paul is writing to us in this race that we're going with difficulties and trials and troubles. This is what Paul is saying to us. You see, in verse chapter, chapter 1, verse 6, he says, Be confident of this very thing, that he who has begun the good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. What Paul is saying to you, that God is with you. He is by your side. Every step that you take, the Lord is with you and guiding you in this season. You are not alone. No matter where you're sitting here today, no matter the troubles that you're facing, church, I want to encourage you to rejoice. Rejoice and rejoice for God is with you by your side. Come on, if you believe it, say amen. Yeah. Is every head bowed in this place, every eyes closed.